Thank you for listening to the Gateway Leadership Podcast with David Canestracy, inspiring you to lead in every area of life. We'll be releasing a new episode every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next month. Hey, this is the Gateway Leadership Podcast. Today we're doing something a little bit different that we have not done before. Today, me and Pastor David are going to be talking about five ways to stay happy in ministry. I've brought my top five points. He's brought his top five points, and we don't know what the other person's points are. So we're going to just talk back and forth, and we'll see if we have any overlapping ways to stay happy in ministry. What a great topic. How to be happy in ministry. I suppose that means that you can be happy in ministry or in leadership, right? It's possible to be happy, and yet you and I both know people that are in ministry or in leadership, and they are miserable. Right. So, But I think there's hope for everybody to be happy in leadership. I do know that, you know, along along the way you meet like tons of different leaders and we're talking about ministry but I do think that these could probably apply to a lot of different areas in leadership and uh I've met I know you've met like people who are just grumpy or people who are burnt out they people. dislike people yeah I know yeah you meet people no, that are in the ministry great. yeah but now, 43, 44 years in, I'm really having a good time. So, And you, you've got a smile on your face, yeah. too, so I'm glad you're happy in ministry. I do feel, I do feel um, really fortunate, you know. And it's a lot of, of course, there's a lot of, like, different, um, different factors, you know. But this, we're talking about, like, personal things, right? Or at least uh, we'll see. We'll see. We don't know what the other person's topics are. So I'm really interested to see if any of them line up. Or if some of them are better than others. Or, <laughs> or, if, <laughs> or if some are better than others. I don't know if that'd be like a problem if ours no. don't line up at all. It's not, it's not. So who's going first? But call in <laughs> with your vote. Who's going first? Why don't you go first? So my number one, are we starting with number one or are we counting backwards down? I don't think there's any order to these like of importance, just, just, you know. All right. My number one way to stay happy in ministry is to make your plans in pencil. Okay. Meaning the, the best things that have ever happened to me in ministry and leadership and, and really in life have been things that I never saw coming. Hmm. You know, like... Everybody's got a five-year plan. People love five-year plans, 10-year plans. Or nothing that I plan like five years in advance ever comes exactly five years in advance. I think it's still a good thing to do is to plan. Yeah. But I, I have found that God is a far better planner than I am. And there's that verse that says, um, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask yeah. or think. So I have learned that when you plan something, do it in pencil because you might need to erase it and let God adjust it and change your plan. Right. He's got a better plan. Yeah. And that was actually a struggle for me because I like 
things the way I like them. I like them to go the way I like them to go. But I have learned over the years that when I trust God and something goes quote-unquote wrong, it's God's hand and he's setting us up for something that's even better than what's in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, you're talking about flexibility and not being too not being too attached Ridge, yeah, don't, to your don't vision get married to an idea yeah you get married to i would say get married to the will of god get married to god having his way but if you say i'm married to the idea of by this year i'm going to have these number of people and by this year we're going to have this number of people right it's almost guaranteed not to happen that way yeah not that it's wrong to set those goals but again we're talking about being happy yeah. So you can spend your life upset at at the way things happened, or you can you can be happy going, wow, God is really doing something here. Yeah, that's and that's like a control thing too, to white knuckle something and make it happen exactly the way that you want to, and uh, that is probably good for a lot of people in leadership to think about because. Um, if we're talking about like the disc personality profile right. and we're talking about C's, if you know that, right. um, it's what percentage of the population are C's is like 17%. 17%. So, you know, one thing that a lot of, a lot of people who are in ministry uh, have, which is both a strength and a potential uh, downfall is, is the need for everything to be in order which is awesome, right? We, I need those, I need those people around me. Although if, if that's the only way you can be happy, you know, right. It's good to have a plan, yeah. but, it, but it's good to be happy when things go whatever way God wants them to go. <laughs> that's really good. So make plans, have a vision, yeah. but just be okay with God doing get married to it. Just give wiggle room for God to do what he's going to do for sure. What he'll do is better. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. My first, my first um, point or my first secret to staying happy in ministry is rest. Yeah. If you want to stay happy in ministry, if you want to stay uh, in it in a sustainable way, yeah. like for me, I I don't think of ministry as like in year long chunks or month long. Mm -hmm. You know, I I know that I'm. It's going to be something I'm doing for the rest of my life. I started. Um, I started volunteering really in like heavy ministry when I was 18 and, you know, I'm 34 now and it's like, uh, I see some people, they burn so bright, so fast. Yeah. They say yes to everything, right. you know, and I've seen it. We've all seen it, right. Where someone is so passionate so they say yes to everything and they don't have any kind of uh, boundaries, yeah, or any kind of rest plans. You know, they, there are seven days of the week. So to them, that means they have seven different ministries that they can be a part of, you know. But really, it's like the, the idea is, man, I'm, if I'm going to be doing this for the next 50 years, you know, yeah. like for me, I think... I think I, I could have another 25, 50 years of ministry mm -hmm. in me. And so some people are so like, you know, everything's urgent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like the idea of being able to rest so that way you love 
ministry for a long time. Faith is actually rest. Yeah. Faith is resting in the Lord. If you really think about it, resting is not lazy. Resting is trusting, and it's actually believing that God's going to uh, God's going to do it. So yeah. I really agree. I wish I had learned this a long time ago. Yeah. I'm glad you're talking about it now because I think you do get it. I think you I think you understand that. You could be potentially one of the busiest people that there is, but you you do know how to rest. I think that's really important. I I try. Do you feel like you weren't always good at rest? 100%. Yeah, I think I was driven uh, I actually wrote this down as my number four, and that was slow down. Okay. You know, s- slow down, and instead of giving it 100% every day, what would happen if you just did like 85 or 90%? Hmm. What if you just gave most of everything but kept a little bit yeah. to yourself? I would like to have, after the last 44 or 45 years of ministry, I'd like to have one or two of those Saturdays I let go Yeah. that I spent doing something that I probably didn't need to do. I wish I had given myself room. Uh, but I think, you know, you're always trying to prove yourself. And we, we are from a culture of commitment. You know, yeah. Ministry culture is commitment and all that, which is good. You've got to be committed. But at the same time, if you're only committed and you don't, and you're not committed to resting, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's interesting because there are a lot of um, there are a lot of leaders in ministry recently, and I guess it's kind of a regular, unfortunately, a semi-regular thing where where we have people that are like totally beloved in the church community in leadership that fall. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. But, you know, um, if you're going so fast and so hard mm-hmm. and part of rest isn't just like a regeneration, it's time to think. Yeah. It's, it's time to, to be with the Lord. Yeah. It's time to be with, with your wife, you know. Right. I think about some, some, you know, ministers who... They're just always going, and and if they're never with their husband or their wife, and they're always on the road, that's just one example of like, right. of like what can what can the enemy do if you aren't spending time with your spouse, 100%. and your ministry is your spouse, <laughs> your ministry is <laughs> what you're married to. Your, your, yeah, your children. If you have children, I'll tell you a quick story. Some friends of ours, Pat and Diane, we had dinner with them a few years back, and we were talking kind of about this topic, and Pat said something to me, and I went home, and I just thought, oh, man, I can't believe he shared that story because I had forgotten it. He said, remember that time? Because they used to watch, Pat and Diane used to watch you guys when you were little. Yeah. And he said, remember that time when you were in Royal Rangers with your son Aaron, and you guys made the Pinewood Derby car. Remember that? I said, yeah, I remember the Pinewood Derby cars and the, the Saturday races and all that. And it was something we used to do with uh, with kids. Well, the story is that, that your brother Aaron and I made this car, and the date came for the race, and it was a Saturday morning. 
and I had made a plan to counsel somebody Saturday, like at one o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. I knew that morning had, you know, uh, a Pinewood Derby yeah, car race. I remember those. But when we did those, when we did it that day, that day came, and they were there was delays in the program, so Aaron's car didn't get to race until like two hours after the announced time that it was going to race. So the whole thing was off, and I had to go to this pre now this pre oh, appointment was for somebody's son that was in the church. They weren't even themselves in the church. Oh wow! Just their son. They just really wanted me to marry them, and so I. It was kind of like an obligation thing, and you know, I put, pushed pause on my Saturday to go with this. So I leave my son. Pat Martinez is telling me this story. Oh, jeez. Remember, remember when you left, Aaron, and he was crying? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I like, oh, my God, I do remember that. I left my son at the Pinewood Derby race, and I went to the church for this meeting with somebody that wanted me to marry them, and I was just totally doing them a... And they ghosted me. They didn't even show up for the premarital counseling. Wow. They didn't call me. And that's the thing I'm talking about is, it, is you, that's a moment where you can lose your happiness in ministry. Mm-hmm. But you did it to yourself. Yeah. You, you said yes to everything. You didn't rest. Yeah. So you got to take care of yourself and you got to take care of your family. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think for me personally... I can I can go pretty pretty hard, you know, um, but I think that one of my one of my tells is even even for April is is if I'm just going too hard and I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I could um, I actually I actually don't recognize immediately when I'm tired. Right. Um, How does it show up for you? For me. For me, I uh, I get grumpier. Yeah. <laughs> and and it actually shows up also in in like physical ways. I'll start yeah. I'll start like gaining weight, not taking care of myself, yeah. um, and and unfortunately, and I guess thankfully I have people around me that know me and love me, um, but it's usually one of them that says, "Hey, <laughs> you know, what's happening?" And I have to stop and I have to go, I really don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. But you're tired. But I'm tired. And I heard a guy the other day say, I manage my time well, but I've learned that I haven't managed my energy well. Wow. And I thought, wow, that's a whole thing too right there. Totally. I have like, I was explaining to somebody, you could work and say 40 hours a week, but if, four, if all those 40 hours is preaching, you're yeah. exhausted. Right. Whereas if all those 40 hours of studying, maybe it's... Religious. So you, you can manage your, your schedule, but you also have to manage your energy. Yeah. Some things drain you faster than others. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So a, to- a total lack of rest will um, make you miserable. That's my number four. So wow. Yeah. Slow down to 85%. Right on. Instead of 100%. We got one. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. Right on. What's your next one? Um... Okay, don't keep track. If you want to be happy in ministry, don't keep track of what you did for people. Meaning, love is unconditional. So, you know, inevitably, in leadership or ministry, you're going to put effort into building somebody or 
or sewing into them or, or whatever. And then hopefully you're, you're going to see them embrace responsibility or, you know, lay down a habit or grow up, like make progress. And if you're not careful, ministry and leadership can become transactional. I'll do this for you, but I'm going to need you to do something for me. Yeah. That's not love. Yeah. So That's so good. you score on the people that you've helped, you're eventually going to lose your happiness because yeah. they're going to move away or they're going to make a different choice or they're not going to serve the Lord or maybe at some point they'll, you know, criticize you or, or whatever and you'll think your first thought will be, man, after all I've done. Right. Yeah. Right there, that's telling you, so why did you do that? You know, why did you do, did you do that? Did you love them so that they would love you back? Or did you just love them because it's right to love? Wow. And I, the reason I don't hate people is because I love to love people and I don't keep score and I don't keep track. So if I help you or if I do something for you and you don't do something back for me, that is 100% fine. Wow. Because that's the nature of love. Love is, love is not transactional. I'll scratch your back if you'll scratch mine. Love just gives and serves unconditionally. Yeah. I think this has kept me from losing my joy in serving people. I love to serve people because it's fun to serve people, because it's fun to give to people, not because I'm hoping that they'll be a great department head one day or... You know, that they'll Dang. a fan someday or whatever. Because that's not really love. That's just using people. So that's a really good one. Don't keep score. Yeah. Just that's really that's really good. And by the way, for anyone listening, there's a building demo going on next door, so you'll hear some jackhammers or whatever. Um, but uh, that's so good. And actually that's a that's a that's a lesson that I that I had to to learn that you know you're going to pour out and a good number of times you'll never see you'll never even see the fruit you learn that in youth ministry don't you right yeah absolutely absolutely well and, and and like building building teams you'll invest so much into somebody and then they'll just move on without even without even thinking about it you know and uh yeah if you're if if you don't figure out how to how to like hold people with an open hand, um, that really does. And even when you're great at it, I feel like um, not keeping score. Even if you're great at it, it still will ding you Absolutely. when somebody leaves. But if that's like your th if that's like your thing. You know, you won't be happy in ministry. No, you're keeping track. Yeah, that'll be just lose track of what you do for people. That's really, really good. Pour out without, yeah. without expecting anything. And then <laughs> if you get something, if they turn out right, whatever, that's great. It's it makes you so much more happy. But don't tie your happiness right to them doing something in return for you. Yeah, gosh, man, that's so good. And then that helps you with who you're going to invest in as well. Because um, I remember uh, I, at one of my and April's, like, it was like a presbytery. It was David Kitely. Yeah, the late great. Yeah. Amazing. And he, 
he was prophesying over us and he said, um, he said, you're going to, you're going to go after people that other people would overlook. You're going to go after people on the fringes. And he said, no one left behind, right? No one left behind. And, uh, in order to do that, you have to, something I've learned is you have to look for people who there's nothing they can offer you, right. you know, right. like as, as a leader, as someone who's ministering. And I even think about, I think about like someone in kids ministry or someone in youth ministry. It's like, what does this teenager have to, uh, uh, this teenager can't do anything right. for me. Right. You know, that's, I'm, that's a pure flow right. of ministry. I'm, when you're doing something for somebody that can't possibly repay you in any way. Right. It's actually the best feeling. There's more joy in that than yeah. than anything. Yeah, and that was, yeah, that's what Jesus did, right? Like, nobody that he was helping could do anything for him. It's called for him. love, God kind of love. That's so good. That's so good. Okay, so my, my second secret for staying happy in ministry is uh, have vision, but be patient. Learn to be patient. So understanding uh, where you are in your ministry and the conditions of, let's say, the team you're on or the team that you're building um, is so, it's so good to, um, I, I heard it and I adopted, to be able to see the more before, to be able to see what isn't and go, I, I can see us getting there. Yeah. But then the the balance part of that is being patient. So if you have a a youth group of 10 and you see in your mind a youth group of 50, well, that's an amazing thing, but that could also really start to make you unhappy if you're just trying to to shove your way to that point. Or if you have a, you know, especially after after uh, COVID, like the post-COVID and regathering and, and all that, you know, um, if you have a team of, of 10, but you're trying to run a ministry as if you have a team of 25, mm-hmm. you're going to get really frustrated. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 And you yourself are going to get burned out because you're going to go like, well, I-, I can just do more. I can just... I can just shove more work in and I can just stay up later and I can, and I could just be in more places at once. And, um, the thing about this list is that it, a lot of times it comes down to, we are the ones that are making ourselves yeah. unhappy for sure. And I've seen pastors and leaders blame people for where they're at Yeah, and get mad at people. And really a lot of times we're the, we're the problem. Right. We're, it's our way of thinking or our way of overdriving or whatever it is. Take responsibility for how happy you are. Yeah. Make yourself happy by thinking smart and don't blame the people for where you're at. Yeah. It really does come back to us as our attitude instead of blaming other people. Yeah. And it is, it is you know, doing anything worth doing, um, it takes a long time. It takes a long time to build a culture. It takes a long time to build a team. It takes a long time and a lot of pouring out to see uh, growth yeah. in something or someone. Right. Uh, I, I heard um, 
I heard a pastor say that I really respect. Um, if you want to see anything happen in a group of people, you got to commit 10 years of your life to that. Absolutely. No question. And people think in, people think in terms of like, of months, right? Like just going to preach one message and everybody will right. get it. But real, like real ministry, I believe is, is you have to, you have to decide that this is where I am. This is where I am. And I've seen lots of young people who are unsatisfied with ministry and they want to go to some bigger place where it's already what they hope as opposed to staying where God's called you and building where God's called you. You know, um, you see what it could be or you see what in your mind it should be and you, you just get unhappy because I just want to be there. I want to, but it's like, you got to be patient. And actually, you'll be much happier if you dedicate time into a certain uh, into a certain group of people because uh, it's much more gratifying to be a part of building something that wasn't versus just going somewhere where things are kind of already humming and just kind of being in the fold of that, you know? So yeah, for me, it's have a vision, but you have to, you have to know how to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. There's a verse in Hebrews that said, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you can inherit the promise. Yeah. There's that lag time between doing what God has called you to do and inheriting that promise. Yeah. Yeah, we have need of patience, so good. And by the way, like, you're never going to get to a place, if you're a driven person, you're never going to get to a place where you feel like you're done, right. you know? So again... Right. Talking about that youth group, if you have that youth group of 10 and you're like, man, if we could just get 50, well, guess what? When you get to 50, what are you going to think? You're going to think, man, now I want to get 75. Now I wish we had 75, you know, and you're just going to always be. And it, again, it's good. It's good to have, it's good to have a direction and a vision, mm -hmm. but also understand that that number is not actually going to satisfy you. That's right. That number is not going to satisfy you. So being patient is being happy with what's happening right now. I like it. I like it. All right, here's a number. This is this is my next one. I think this is number three. Here's a number, 50%. Don't believe more than 50% of the compliments you get. <laughs> That's so good. And don't believe more than 50% of the criticism you get. Wow. So I think... Um, I think we're way tuned in leadership. We're way too tuned in to praise from people mm -hmm. and criticisms from people. I think we need to take a step back from always reading that as a as a cue, um, because <laughs> really our praise isn't supposed to come from people. Yeah, it's supposed to come from God. So if we're addicted to approval. If people, maybe 50% is too, too much. Maybe it should be 10%. Yeah. I don't know, but leave some room in your in your uh, life to say, that was a nice compliment, but I don't know if that's actually yeah. deserving. Okay. <laughs> I don't maybe 
deserve every compliment that I get. Neither do I deserve every criticism. That's good. Yeah. I think if we're talking about staying happy in ministry, be very careful about what praise you listen to and what critiques you listen to. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. I tend to... I tend to get nervous if I'm getting too much. I was just talking to, I was just talking to Samantha about this. I think yesterday, where it's like you know, because at Gateway, I mean, we have a very encouraging church, like very encouraging, and you know, we have some, we have some critiquers too. Um, so I'll, <laughs> I'll preach, I'll preach a message, and. People come up to me and tell me how good it was, man. That was so great. And but sometimes it gets to the point where it's like, if you've ever gotten a haircut and everybody's coming up to you like, your hair looks so good, and to and then you start think and then you start thinking, does my hair is my hair like looking funny? Why are so many people saying? Yeah, I actually I really try to. I mean, it's nice because it's like. Uh, when someone compliments you, I, you do you do take it and receive it, right? Um, but yeah, you, to live and die off of that because the Sunday take it like flowers, right? I heard Justin Cornwall say it this way: At the end of the day, take all the compliments that you received, put them all together in a bunch like a bouquet, and then give it all. To yeah, right. Lord, these these people said these nice things. And I just don't want to hold this. Yeah. I received it for a minute, but I really want the glory to go. Yeah. I like that. That's so good. Yeah. If you live and die based off of the compliments or critiques that you get from other people, that's tough, man. And that that kind of that points to um, I don't know, man. Because I've also in youth ministry been preaching to a group of teenagers. And I get nothing from them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I get, I get blank stares yeah. and they're not, they're not thundering amens at you. No, they're not. <laughs> or thanks for putting that message. Yeah. That was exactly what I needed. No, probably not going to get that. Yeah. What a trip. So you got to learn how to encourage yourself, you know, and not and not take it too personal. So I think if we're talking about happiness, yeah. Um, if you want to be happy, don't don't get over invested in people's praise. That's good. People's praise is overrated. That's good. And the same thing with their criticism. That's good. Okay. My third is, um, this is something that I've found for myself in ministry. To stay happy in ministry, you got to express gratitude daily. You know. That's, that's, that's wonderful. For me, um, being called and used by God is a total honor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think too many people's default is complaining. Right. You know, I think complaining is a total killer of of happiness. And it, and it's a total killer of peace. You know, um and I I know people, I've been around people, you've been around people that they just seem like sour and any opportunity they get to right. complain. it's just like, blah, you know? So if I'm like unhappy being around that person, can you imagine being the complainer? Right. Like how unhappy. And again, that's not, that has zero to do with your 
circumstances. The amount of gratitude or complaints that you, that you let happen has zero to do with your circumstance. It has everything to do with your perspective, you know, because, you know, sure people have it. I'm sure somebody has it better than me, but there's also a lot of people out there who would trade places with me sure. in a second, right. you know? And um, somebody ahead of you, right? There's always somebody behind you, so it is perspective. And I think you know, um, the happiest that the happiest that I am is when I'm really in the zone of I'm I'm not going to. Um, and and by complaining, I don't just mean like speaking complaints. Right. You can just have a complaining, you know, heart. Yeah. Spirit. Yeah. So to combat complaining, because someone might be listening and thinking like, I know I'm a complainer. How do I, how do I combat that? You have to express gratitude. Mm -hmm. You have to thank God like every day. God, thank you for what I get to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of complaining about your team, you should be praying for your team, you know, and thanking God God for them. Instead of complaining about uh, your kids, you're leading your kids, you know, you should be thanking God for your kids, you know, because um, there's somebody out there who they've been praying for a kid for a long, long time, and they haven't gotten it. <laughs> you know there's what I'm a, saying? Like practical side of what you're saying. Yeah. It's a way to be happy, to be grateful, but also nobody wants to follow somebody who's complaining. Mm-mm. Nobody... It, complaining is not inspiring at all. No. And so that's a great way to defeat yourself again. Mm-hmm. You're passing on to your team, you know, I'm unhappy and, you know, these people aren't listening and nothing's going right. Well, who wants to follow that? No. No. I, I, I do think I do think that um, there's a place to vent your frustrations but that should be with a close friends or that should be with a, a leader. But even, even in that place, there's, there's a way to do it that isn't just complaining. You can be frustrated with a context of gratitude. Right. You can say, look, I'm, I'm honored to serve and I'm honored to have this job and this responsibility. But this part of it is really, can you help me with it? Yeah. So now you're not a negative person. But if you've lost all track of, of, yeah. of gratitude, you're exactly right. You're never going to be happy. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people conflate complaining with problem solving. So, right. you know, uh, you could be complaining and nothing's getting better. Right. Or you can be grateful and recognizing there's a problem and being part of the solution. So, yeah, for me... Um, if you just have like a, if you're in kind of a con, if you've been in a constant state of complaining, you're not a happy, you're not happy in ministry. You're making yourself, you're making yourself miserable. You're probably driving people crazy too. And by the way, all of us have things that we probably could complain about. Right. Legitimately. You know, um, be cheerful, right? You know, be a cheerful person. So that's my number three. All right. So my number four, I already shared, which was. Slow down to eighty-five percent. Yeah, yeah, we we got that. What if you just what if you just lived at eighty-five instead of a hundred? I love that. I think that works. Um, By the way, do you um, 
you mentioned earlier that you haven't always been good at, at rest. Um, and you talked about, you talked about that story with where you, um, abandoned Aaron, (laughs) which is fine. (laughs) Saturday's back. I wish I could redo those. Yeah. Did it, did it ever, um, did you ever feel it taking a toll on you like physically or emotionally or mentally? Cause you're a pretty, you're like a, you're a pretty, you're like a workhorse. You can pretty much get things done on like an, a constant basis, but do you ever feel it? Like I am not doing good because I'm not resting. I think I felt it during COVID. Okay. I think I, I think I exhausted myself. I think COVID was a great revealer of what's on the inside of every one of us. Mm. You know, if a complaint was on the inside of us, if overworking was on the inside of us, whatever that, whatever our issues were, I think got, we had, we had to sit with those and see them in COVID. And I think I doubled down in COVID to try to make life work and ministry work and church. It's interesting, we're talking about your brother because he asked me the other day, he said, did you ever feel like quitting during COVID? And honestly, I never felt like quitting, but there were times where I didn't want to get out of bed Hmm. because I was just exhausted, just mentally wrung out with trying to, and that's the problem. That's the power of attitude is, you know, you can imagine that you're solving the problem by worrying about it and uh, complaining about it and even praying about it. Um, but if you overdo it and you don't take time to rest and refresh, you you will come to the end of your energy. I, mm. am, I am not unlimited in my energy. I'm a high energy person, but I'm not unlimited. And so that, that kind of goes back to what I was saying before. Don't just manage your time, manage your energy. Mm-hmm. Manage your spirit so that you're, you're not putting yourself into a position where you made your schedule work, but you showed up on Sunday morning totally empty. Yeah. You managed your week, but you didn't manage your spirit. Yeah. Manage your your inspiration, your energy, you know. So save something for those moments when you want to when you want to be strong. So I, I think... During COVID, for sure, I I came to the end of myself, but I also learned a lot about what we're talking about, rest. And yeah. It's okay to get a dog <laughs> and not work 70 hours a week, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And during COVID, like, you know, that was, of course, a scary and very uncertain time. So, um, you know, nobody nobody would blame you for you know, trying to go at 150% during that time. But the problem was that, you know, that's maybe okay for two months. And we thought maybe we'll, maybe we'll be doing this for two months, but it just kept going. It wasn't sustainable. So yeah, even when you're, even when you're in emergency mode, um, you still got to find time. But the times of pressure and strain is actually where you grow. Yeah. It will either break you or grow you. Hmm. develop you and fortunately COVID developed me it didn't break me but I I know people that had to step back after COVID and said they were out of gas they were I'm talking about pastors and leaders they yeah they said I didn't sign up for this I'm not I'm not going to continue on and they started making their exit plan yeah to get out of ministry in COVID because they just said I, I can't do this 
thankfully I never got there, but um, again, attitude is super important. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so um, my number four, and by the way, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I'm learning a lot. My number four is uh, focus on who God made you to be rather than trying to be someone else. Um, If you want to be happy in ministry, uh, you have to do a lot less comparing. I, I think that that's one of the main sources of of discontent in, in ministers and leaders is looking at what other people are doing or, or the platform that God's given other people or, you know, the way that someone else leads and just feeling totally discontent with who you are. Um, and I think there's a really fine line between being, uh, inspired by somebody else and then being discouraged by by somebody else. And what's the difference? I mean, I think it really depends on on your heart's condition because it's not about that other person. That other person, what they're doing, their gift, their plow, they're not making you discouraged or they're not making you... It's, it's the perspective that you choose to take. So if I look at somebody who... I really admire who's like running a great ministry or a great team on Instagram. I can, I can be inspired by that person. I can say, wow, look what they're doing. I could, I could incorporate some of that. I can, man, that's a great idea. I'd never thought of that before. That'd be so good to, to get some of that going, or that'd be so good to, to teach that to my team or, or start doing what they're doing. Um, but it'd be just as easy for me to look at them and say, wow, I wish I was there. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Why, yeah. why not me? Why not? Even worse, you start to imitate that. <clears throat> yeah. And now you're an actor. You're posing. Right. You're pretending that you're somebody that you're not. Yeah. Because you're impressed with what this guy's doing. So you, without realizing it, you start mimicking and stealing yeah. their personality and adding it into your personality, right. then you're not you're not being who God has called you to be. Right. And actually, you know, I I went through a period of that. I went through a period of that. I'm sure every leader. Does. I think I think when you're leading something, um, one of the one of the things that I know I felt was just really uh, a lot of insecurity and uncertainty about my own ability. And I, I'm probably not enough. And I probably, no one's really going to be interested in me, you know. Um, and that actually also puts the focus totally on yourself rather than on Jesus, right? And that, that leads to a lot of unhappiness because then you're the one that has to deliver it. And it's all about you. And if you have a great, if you have a great gathering, then that's because you did it. And if you have a, a gathering that didn't go the way you wanted, that's because you're a loser, you know. But uh, I did go through a, a point where I was, I, and I never had to think about this before, where I was like leading people and in front of people preaching. I never had to think about who, who am I? What's my personality? And um, for the first time, 
I got up in front of people and I was suddenly thinking about who I, what my personality was or like how I came across uh, to a group of hundreds of people all looking at me, you know? And so, so I didn't think that I was enough. So I started pulling on things that I had seen. Mm -hmm. And actually at a certain point I had to stop listening to other voices. I had to stop listening to other voices. Um, I do again now because I think I've worked, I've worked through that stuff, but there was a point where I said, I said to God, God, I just want to be exactly who you've created me to be. And, you know, um, and that when you're authentically yourself, that's the greatest anointing you're ever going to have. Right. Is when you are true to who you are and God is coming through who you are. Uh, the way he designed it. Yeah. And it's actually really tiring to, oh, yeah. to try and... The copycat? Yeah, yeah. Because then you're, then you're trying to keep up a, a persona. Right. Um, Eventually people are going to figure out that's not you anyway. Right. Yeah. If you're up on, if you're up on stage or you're in front of a team and you're trying to, to be something you're not, eventually, um, it all becomes about keeping up the persona and you're unhappy because one, you think you're not enough. And two, because instead of focusing on the actual work, you're focusing on keeping up this, keeping up this thing. Um, so for so glad you said, yeah, because it, uh, comparing themselves among themselves, they became foolish. With Paul, right? And so, yeah, when you compare yourself to somebody else, there's no way you're going to come out. I look at it this way: <clears throat> I think the internet is great. I think YouTube is great. You can see the greatest preachers and all that. But in a way, <clears throat> and you see the greatest worship and all that. Mm. I don't want to be crass, but I can call it like ministry porn. Yeah. Because if you're looking at the top. One half of one percent right. of worshipers, right? Like the, the the best worship leader in America, or whoever that, or the best preacher in America, and you think that's what you have to be. It's like a woman or a man looking at a cover model, right? An airbrushed cover model. Nobody looks like that, you know. Right. They do on that cover, and so then suddenly you compare yourself to that person. And you go, man, I'm not, I'm not enough. Like you said. And you're really just bringing all of life down right. to a, and that's what porn does. Porn makes glamorous or impossible, makes beauty impossible. Right. And if you want to be happy, you have to, you have to live with what's possible. Right. You know, with what's, with what's actual. So be careful about how much of the amazing worship you watch because pretty soon you'll look at your worship or your church's worship and go, well, we're not amazing at all. Yeah. At all. We're just, but nobody is as good as that top one quarter of 1%. Right. You know, this unbelievable person. So you, you can't really compare yourself. It's not, it's not wise. I can't say that I figured out exactly what it is that, Sometimes you can look at someone else and be inspired versus 
be discouraged, but I would just say if you find yourself being discouraged by by Instagram or what you see on YouTube or then I would turn that I would turn that off. Take a step back. Yeah, I would turn that off. And uh, you know, focus on focus on asking God, God, who have you created me to be? What's the personality that you've given me? Um what have you called me to do? Yeah, Instagram isn't real. It's not even real, you know? And it's a source of anxiety and depression. Right. Because people do, people are looking at it that aren't mature enough to put it into perspective and say, this isn't real. They believe it's real. Right. And so then they look at themselves and they go, man, I'm not, I don't keep up with what's not real. And that's why I call it porn, because porn is not real. Right, right. It's not love. That's not real beauty. Nobody looks that good. Right. So, so take your eyes off that and get it back to what actual beauty is. Yeah. And I'd say that's not just happiness in ministry. I'd say, um, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. If you're, if you're an unhappy person, um, are you comparing, (laughs) are you comparing yourself to somebody? Yeah. All right. Here's my number five. I do have a bonus. Really? Six, if there's time. But here's here's my fifth way to be happy in ministry. And it's about generosity. But here's the way I want to say it. Waste more money on your wife and kids and team. Hmm. That's good. That's really good. Waste some money on your child. Waste some money on your spouse. Do things that you probably shouldn't do. Buy gifts that you probably shouldn't buy. But for your team, you know, send them to dinner when you probably shouldn't send them to dinner. Just send them to dinner. I think being happy, it's the generous soul that is happy. And if you're micromanaging and all tight about everything, you're not going to be happy unless you're generous. That's true. Be generous with especially with the people that you're the most responsible for, your wife, your children, your team, you know. Do do reckless, generous things. That's really good. Uh, if you want to be happy, because, uh, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge taught us <laughs> you can be miserable being a good steward. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's really good. And you can... Uh, you can waste money on me anytime. <laughs> anytime you want. Anytime you want. Think of theoretically. Oh, more, yeah. <laughs> more theoretical. Like symbolically. I see. I see. No, that's that's really good. Metaphorically. Okay, that was your that was your number five. That's my five. Okay, this is my number five. This is my final one. Uh, if you want to be happy in ministry, this is whether you're leading a team or you're on a team, you should establish goals. Um, I find that people get really, really unhappy in ministry when they don't know what the wins are. You know, if you are just kind of floating in ministry and, and you have like a general vision of reaching people and having good services or having a large team or whatever, um, those are all those are all nice thoughts, but what are the actual goals for, let's say, yeah, for let's say this year? What are what are you shooting for? 
um, establish the wins. So if you're, if you're leading a team, you need to have some, some reachable, attainable goals so that way you can check them off of can meet the, the, to, the to-do list and know, that you're, and know that you're moving forward. But these goals have to actually be things that are moving the mission forward. And uh, it's great to have big goals. I want to have 200, you know, a, a gathering of 200 people. That's great. But you need to have some goals that are like, what's the next, what's the next thing I'm trying to accomplish? Um, because if you don't, if you don't define the wins for yourself, then you'll never know if you're hitting the mark. And, and the same with your team. Your, that's right. Your team won't know if they're hitting the mark. That's right. If you're if you're on a team and you want to set up some goals, you go to your leader and you say, Hey, what are some what are some of the goals that we have for this year? And that way you can actually and if you're leading a team, you really do have to establish what the wins are. Because then what happens is if you don't establish the wins, uh, and I love something that I learned on this team recently. There are a couple different kinds of goals that you can have. You have quantity goals. Okay, so the number you want to hit, the number of groups you want to plant, you know, the number of team members you want on your team that, you know, I want to, I want to grow my team over this next year. You know, I want to plant a new whatever this next year. I want to write two books this next year. That's a, that's a, a quantity goal. And then there are quality goals that aren't necessarily get bigger or, but make something better. I want to make the group that I have um, more connected. I want, I want my team to have more fun together. I want to laugh more in ministry. I want my messages to be, you know, instead of 45 minutes, I want to get them down to 35 minutes. The, the quality goal. So quantity goal, quality goal. And then there's the vision goal. There's the vision goal. What's something that you could do a win that you can, that you can establish that moves you towards the vision. So quantity goal, quality goal, and vision goal. If you don't have any wins, that's, that's actually one of the fastest ways to make your team unhappy is you haven't clearly communicated to them how they can succeed. But it's also true of yourself. If you don't know what success looks like, you're just kind of shooting for a generally good whatever you're building. Um, It could actually even be moving in the right direction. But if you don't have a measuring stick, how are you enjoying that? How are you enjoying that? And how do you know it's time to stop working on this thing and start working on the next thing? So that, that, that'll keep you really happy in ministry. If, if every pick a, pick a timeline, right? For me, for me, uh, and, and actually for our team, we do, we do reviews twice a year now. And each of those reviews were asked, what are some of your, what are some of your personal goals? What are some of your department goals? Um, and then we also have um, what we call our WAGs, right? Our wildly aggressive goals, which is like, okay, over the next year, two years, what are some of the big things 
that we want to accomplish. And every, every uh, month we get together on the executive team and we look at those goals and we go, okay, how is this going? Are we moving towards them? But could you imagine if we didn't have goals as an organization? We would just be getting together and going, all right, everybody, how does everybody feel about how's everybody feel about how it's going? I guess good, you know? So yeah, have some, have some goals. I like this conversation because it, it presupposes that you can be happy in leadership and you can, you can be happy doing ministry. You can be happy serving the Lord. And it's so sad to think that some people have lost their joy yeah. and lost their happiness. And I don't make fun of that. I don't want to belittle a person who has lost the joy of ministry because it's, it's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. We've all had those moments. But our heart's desire is to provoke and encourage people to say, if you're not happy today, right now, you can fix it. You can fix the fact that you're not happy. You can address it, begin to change your attitude, change your heart, get around some people that are happy, stop doing certain things like comparing and listening to criticism and you know, judging yourself, being hard on mm-hmm. Grace for yourself, you know, not just grace for other people. Um, stop keeping score. Yeah. You know, stop comparing yourself to other people. Those are steps that we can take right here, right now, to be happy in ministry. So I thank you for a great conversation. That was really good. Did you say you have a bonus? I do have a bonus secret for staying happy. I have a number six, but did you say you had questions from the audience? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do. I have two. I have two questions from Instagram. It's called a cliffhanger. So if they want that. That's so good. Yeah, they have to. (laughs) That's so good. Okay. Uh, Actually, we might just have time for one. All right. So let's do this one. Actually, this is good because this kind (laughs) of this kind of. Uh, doesn't line up perfectly, but it's in the same ballpark. This person, and by the way, these are anonymous, the NGL app. You heard the, have you heard the NGL app? No. Is that not going to lie? Not going to lie? Okay. Not going to lie. All right. Is that what that stands for? Okay. Not going to lie. Yeah. All right. So this is, this is anonymous. This person writes in and says, I am so lazy I want to feel passionate. How do I get motivated? Is that a question for me? <laughs> that is. This is the Gateway Leadership Podcast with David Candace Tracy. Wow. I'm How so lazy. How do I become passionate? Well, I think get around passionate people is a, is a, um, mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, I think if you're not around people that are challenging you, you're in the wrong crowd. Hmm. Never be the best person in your group. That's so good. You know, get around some A players. If you're a B player, get around some A players, you know. Don't compare yourself to them, but passion is contagious. And so I think if you're around unmotivated, lazy people, that's pretty much what you'll absorb and become. If you're around people that are moving, um, Dang. I think you'll I think you'll pick up I think you'll pick up passion. Passion is transferable. And uh, so I think that's, that'd be my answer. That's really good. Yeah. Okay. Right, people. Right on. All right, bonus, bonus uh, suggestion. 
Listen to the Gateway Leadership Podcast next month. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> because we're going to talk about building a great team. Plug. <laughs> yeah, no, if you want to be happy in ministry, build a great team. That's really good. Because I'm happy is I have a great team. And I wasn't born with a great team. A great team was built. And it makes me happy. So we're going to spend 30 minutes or whatever it takes to talk about how do you build a great team. So... That's really good. Our next, uh, the next edition of the Gateway Leadership Podcast. That's really good. If you want to be unhappy, do everything by yourself. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I think that's another great conversation on the Gateway Leadership Podcast. Thank you, Jordan, for contributing uh, to our audience those five amazing. Yeah, that was fun. How to be happy in industry? I, I, we'd love to hear what you guys have discovered about staying happy in ministry. How do people get in touch with us and give us feedback on the Gateway Gateway Leadership Podcast? You can write in and you can also send in questions for next month's episode on Instagram at Gateway City Church. All right. Until the next time, we hope you'll keep leading in every area of life. Thanks for being a part of Gateway Leadership. Thank you for listening to the Gateway Leadership Podcast with David Canastracy inspiring you to lead in every area of life. We'll be releasing a new episode every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next month.